the German version of 911? Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I'm Tony. And we are back to talk about Dwarf Fortress and all the things surrounding that wonderful community. Oh, yes. I started a new world. It is a very young world, and my fortress is actually going quite well. I don't know if I stopped it or if just very young, very short histories are start at five years. Is that what they do? The very short starts at five? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, things seem to be going well. There's whenever the the people show up to trade with me, they ne- they always tell me that the world is the same as it ever was. Talking heads. So I don't think that there's much history going going on uh, oh, in there. I feel like I feel like that's a talking heads reference that Tony wrote into there. Same as it ever was. Okay, if oh, you're not a talking heads fan, then never mind. Oh no 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 yeah, uh, once in a lifetime, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm too young to get any of this, but yeah. I'm kind of too young for the original Talking Heads, to be honest with you. But okay, um, so really, tell you what, you need to go to uh, you need to go to YouTube and look at Kermit the Frog once in a lifetime. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> it oh. is it is freaking amazing. It is great. You got You got to watch that. So that's your afternoon uh, watching assignment is to go to YouTube and look for Kermit the Frog once right. in a lifetime. Uh, okay. So, um, wow, way off track really quick. Yeah, so we're, we're nailing it. Um, oh, so, yeah, so I've got my fortress up. Everything's going really well. I'm in, a, like, towards the end of year three. My fortress is thriving. I've got about 120 dwarves. I've had no attacks of any sort from any, any baddies. I have a river that I almost flooded my entire fortress with because I messed up and, and miscalculated. Almost. Um, I channeled when I should have dug, and I put a hole in the roof of the level that was below where I was trying to channel out a a uh, canal so that I could have closer water access, and it started draining the canal into my fortress. Oh, oh no. And the canal good. was being supplied by the river, by the way, so it wasn't going to run out. Oh, no. What I was able to do, though, was get a wall, luckily, before the water got too deep for them to build a wall there, and uh, oh, good. and it, it stopped it up. So. All's well that ends well. Damn, lucky, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm liking where this fortress is going. I'm sure that there will be a cyclops that shows up here in the next, uh, the next <laughs> year that's going to take everything down. We'd be disappointed if it didn't. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get bored, right? <laughs> so... That's my fortress playing for the last uh, uh, couple weeks, playing when I can. So I did, though, also get Stone Sense, not Stone Sense. Um, what's the one where you can see the multi-level uh, view for the dwarves? Uh, uh, stone Sense. Uh, is this Stone Sense? Oh, man. No, Stone Sense is the sound one. I totally can't think of it right now, but I know what you mean. It's the three... No, wait, 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 wait. I think you're confusing Sound Sense with Stone Sense. That's right, Stone Sense, but there's also Armok Viewer, right? There's There's Armok Vision. Armok Vision. Armok Vision is a separate utility that is built with Unity. And 
what I was going to say is I got both Armok Vision and Stone Sense working, and they both are working on my um, on my version Paradexus Arant Linux New Pack Revision Eight. So Wicked. I got them both working, which is something that I've been wanting to uh, to do for quite some time. I still don't understand navigation really in Armok Vision, but Stone Sense. That's the one where it's built into DF Hack. Armok Vision separate. Stone Sense is built into DF Hack. But I've got them both working now, so uh, I think it's really neat to be able to take a, a Armok's view look at my world while I'm uh, while my dwarves are scurrying around trying to to collect food. I think it's a great idea. Hmm. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I had always had it uh, crashing whenever I'd tried it before. I think that I started trying to use it around revision five of. Uh, 44, uh, 4704, but yeah, it's great. You should try it if you haven't. So I have taken up most of the, uh, most of the time babbling about my silly little fortress. What have you guys been doing? I thought that I'd created the perfect unplayable world. Um, that was like, I mean, so unbelievably overrun by, uh, necromancer forts and towers um, that that I felt like there was no hope for any kind of success and and I had built I've built many 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 forts and basically within the first month or two there's just massive undead sieges and so if I can manage to get it walled off in time basically I've saved the lives of the original seven but the undead that are invading and sieging never ever leave so it's just basically it's the seven forever and how fast they can breed. Um, and so that's kind of been a bit of a bummer. Um, and then I've learned all kinds of things about trapping and creating um, different, you know, trap halls and stuff for undead. Some of them, some of the trap halls work really well and some of them don't. Um, yeah. So anyway, I finally managed to, <laughs> to pick a spot where not only have I, not died i've made it about two years and i have 70 actual dwarves in the in the um in the fortress so there we go so that's my they, achievement they figured the, out a way to migrate uh, in for the decade <laughs> yeah so i'm not getting sieged as much um in this particular location i don't know i think i'm only near three towers instead of 11 or whatever it was but um yeah so anyway everyone's not dying but um yeah crazy it's crazy this world so i think you know, I guess that's the disadvantage of those old worlds. Like, because this one, the current year is, what year is the current year? Let's figure this out. 1036. So, yeah. Sounds like you've got the opposite of what I've got, where I have the, basically nothing's going on in the world. And you have way too much going on. I think everybody's dead. It's kind of what I, I didn't run um, Legends on it, which now I wish I would have before I started this fort in between any of the 12 forts that have died. I mean, you can still change that, you know? You can make a copy of the world, and then uh, in the copy, you go out and run Legends. Yeah, you're right. That's what I should do. That's exactly what I should do. In fact, good idea. Yeah, it took me, like, way too long to realize I could just copy a world and then run legends in the world <laughs> exactly just this be cool and, and it all works out yeah that's exactly what i'm gonna do um yeah it's a it's a crazy one uh i'd be happy to share this world out if anybody else wants to try to you know i'm sure someone could build magma shotguns and stuff in it but <laughs> for me i'm just like yay i didn't die 
Yeah, send it to uh, send it to somewhere that I can get a hold of it, and I'll put it on the website. Do we have a page that has uh, on the website, which is uh, dfroundtable.com. Don't know if I mentioned that enough. We have a website, dfroundtable.com, <laughs> that we put things that are related to this podcast in. You can also subscribe there, or you can look at pretty pictures that we post from people who perform on our podcast. Come join us. All the latest news and weather and sports in the world of dwarfs. And now for the ghoulish weather, it is Urus Sadism Spikes. <clears throat> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, you know, I have to admit that I haven't been really playing that much Dwarf Fortress. Because every time I start the game, do you know the meme of uh, like the small girl sitting at a desk and looking dreamy and then the caption is thinking about playing Dwarf Fortress and then she is at the desk crying doom while doing her homework and it is, is playing Dwarf Fortress and that is me right now because I have spent a lot of time thinking about how to do my projects and how to make better layouts mm -hmm. but every time I'm trying to make a good layout, something happens in between. One time, it was just uh, under siege before I was even able to mine. Like, I was still digging through the soil layers, and then the undead already came. What? Um, one time... That's what they'll do. Yeah, I hate that. One time, I was just trying to make my farms, my, my open-air farms, uh, viable and wall them in and stuff. And before I was finished, like the last three blocks, then a cyclops came. Of course. <sighs> right now, I'm stuck in the loop of trying to play the game without actually failing or having anything that just breaks my neck <laughs> while doing it. <laughs> right. <sighs> That is, I am totally with you. I, I felt maybe, maybe I'm getting mixed up, like in how I think I play versus how I actually am able to play. But one thing I realized is I'm not that good at this game anymore. I guess <laughs> I thought I was pretty good, like where I could pretty much make it work anywhere. And then yeah, like lately it's just been like, why do I keep dying because the Cyclops came? Yeah, it it's it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. Yeah, but it is so true. When the moment you step out of your comfort zone and you try to do something different, it just it just crumbles all to dust. And you're like, oh, my God, what just happened before? I was just trying to make small changes so that I could still, you know, I, I, I had enough security in every other place that I could just focus on on one place. So so one in in one fort I would completely overhaul my, my farming system while the rest of the fortress was still in my older layout and so on. And the next fortress then uh, had a very uh, minor like change in farms and was more about like making weapons or something but now this time i i'm trying to completely overhaul my my layout and it it is so bad and in my current one i dug a little too deep and now in the middle of my fortress i 
uh, opened up the caverns. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and I hate it. I hate the fact that I I now have to build around the caverns <laughs> and I'm not able to like have straight uh, hallways and pathways. And I, I know this this is like a minor thing, but seeing the the the, the just weird pathways not being straight and like being boo, 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 all over the place because I'm so, in the caverns basically. So you know what you do. Uh, is you, is you wherever it is that you cracked into the caverns, you throw a wall up there real quick, and let's just try to dig below that level and try to just ignore the caverns, uh, if that that set of them, and and then you know mm-hmm. what you were going mm-hmm. to do on the caverns level, do the level below it. It's a possibility anyway. Put a hatch cover over that stairway. Yeah. I always punch in and then forget to do that, and then have yeah. trolls smashing up workshops and stuff, and I'm like, whoopsie doopsie. Yeah, yeah, um. But, I mean, it's kind of cool because there are windows going into, like, a weird little blob zone. So it's like, a, it's, it's, it's like a drop in the caverns. So um, how would I describe that, G? You're punching into the unknown. Well, I think I know what you're saying. It's like whenever you drop into the caverns, you're dropping in the middle of an open area. Rather than rather than coming in through sideways. No, no, no. It's it's even it's even better because yeah, I have windows in my tavern that go into the caverns. But the best thing is, they are not reachable from the caverns. So you can look from the tavern into the cavern. Oh wow, that rhymed. Um, but. No troll or anything is able to get up there and smash my windows and crawl in because it is a bit above the floor and there are no walls at all. So nothing can climb up and only flyers could try to go there. But I don't really have any flyers in my caverns. I just have big ass spiders. But it's it's so beautiful because in my mind I see this cavern and my dwarves drinking next to a huge window into the caverns and go like, oh yeah, the glow mushrooms are coming great this year. What do you think, Urist? Well, perhaps instead of windows in your to, from your tavern to your cavern, you could put fortifications to your from your tavern to your cavern. <laughs> Um, and then everyone warps through them. Yes, uh, I could, but I actually want to uh, improve the the value of the room, and that just goes uh-huh. super well with uh, good windows. Also, sometimes they go too too close to the fortifications and get spooked by I don't know lizard remains or something. <laughs> go like, oh no. Death is all around us. And come on, man, drink a beer. And so, I was wondering about this. So I, I decided since I was getting all these sieges, what I would do, um, since they're they're far too big for me to take out with like just traditional melee forces. I thought, oh, I'll just you know build little archer towers around. So I built a wall um, to two walls thick all around the fortress and then on top of the wall i built a layer of fortifications one row thick if that makes sense so the doors could still walk around on top of the wall but also have the fortifications then the first siege came through and it was awesome so i sent my archers up 
had him stationed on the on the wall next to the fortifications. And then before I knew it, they were all standing in the middle of this massive siege of undead, and they were all immediately destroyed. All ten really well-trained sets, or all ten archers were killed, oh. basically, instantly. And so I thought, how did they get from 1Z level up down into the fray to melee, like the fort sealed? <laughs> I don't get it. So confused. Was there um, a cap so on top of the fortification? Like a roof? No, is there supposed to be? Or should um, there be? Well, yeah, there should be, because sometimes they climb over it and just jump into the, 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 the you know, melee combat. Because oh, my dwarves do that. Okay, you have to think of your archers Maybe. as, <laughs> what's it called? Like, rabbit animals. They will go into melee, whatever the cost so they will climb over things. They will jump over things. It, it is astonishing how much effort they put into not doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, they excel. So yeah, you you need a roof and a floor. Yeah, they're, they're great. I wish my my melee dwarves would show that amount of dedication to fighting as the archers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was thinking that not in the Dwarf Fortress, uh, I don't know what the mechanics are there, but in real life, if you put a fortification in without a, a section above it, you kind of have a, just like an I opening. see, so it needs a roof. So on top of my wall, okay. Don't know that. That's right. a question for Toady, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you might well, you might try that next time and see if uh, if you still have that fork going uh, with your next round of archers that you try to put behind the fortification. You know, put another uh, another layer of wall above that one and see if they if it keeps them from going through it. And you can do it just over the fortifications. You know, one one uh, tile left and right, and one over the fortification. I think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, that's okay. Cool. All right, that's that's something new to try. Perfect. Well, I'll report that's back on the success of that when I grow new archers. This segment is sponsored by the Mahogany Jungles Inn. You can always find the strongest swamp whiskey at the Mahogany Jungles. Okay. So they've released a new version of DF Hack 4704 Revision 3. And it looks like one of the big features about it is a Quick Fort. There is a DF Hack native implementation of Quick Fort. What is Quick Fort? I see them talking about it, but I'm not clear what it does. Um. I think QuickFord is about making blueprints that automatically build you a Ford. Um, uh. I'm honestly not sure how it works because I haven't used it yet. But it is basically so that, you know, you, you just click on start digging dwarves and then you can, I don't know, go to the toilet or something while your dwarves already set up your fortress. Okay, so if you have a... a- like for for my case, I always channel down, put a uh, put a spot for a, a depot, and then tunnel out a little bit and make a place for my initial storage area, and then I will 
make some stairs to go down about three or four levels till I hit stone, and then I will make my initial workshops. So if you do that same thing every time, this might be a way to automate that. Yeah, I think. Oh, it sounds like it could be cool. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can plan it all out in Excel and then load it in. I, I tried it a while ago um, to dig out some apartments. I think it, I think the plan that was built in was called like apartments or something, and it sort of does macros and draws the stuff out, and then the dwarves are supposed to come dig it. Um, yeah, I used to use it, and then I and then I stopped. But um, but it sounds like there's some big improvements on the current version. I guess that's why they've moved it to 1.0. So sounds sounds neat. Well, I looked at the uh, I pulled up the documentation for it on the DF Hack Docs page, and the documentation for QuickFort is really, really, really long. Yep. So there is a lot to that particular plugin. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe I should use that especially for making apartments, because let's be honest, um, if Dig Ford, uh, Quick Ford, Jesus, um, is not only about digging, but also placing furniture, imagine that. Imagine that. Oh, Ooh. yes. Yeah, so it'll place workshops, it says now. Nice. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, so it says you can that put is. in all kinds of stuff. Yes, I got uh, carpal tunnel syndrome from putting <laughs> beds, doors, cabinets, and coffers in my, uh, you know, 120 bedrooms that I have. <laughs> if it could automatically designate a room as a bedroom so I didn't have to do R plus plus enter r plus plus enter a hundred times that would be amazing <laughs> but uh i think you the plus what's the plus plus for to make it the size that you want it and kind of oh okay zoom so it up a little bit typically mine encompasses the whole room whenever i hit r well, see your bedrooms are clearly smaller than mine because <laughs> I, I typically do two by six oh, sorry two by three for my bedrooms okay okay so, yeah but whenever i i I use my cursor keys to move the to move the cursor until it floats over the bed, and hit um, hit R enter cursor cursor R enter cursor cursor R actually three cursors so it's like da 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 for over and over again and for and I do that pretty much for every thing that goes in bedrooms yeah that's where you should play with quick fort because I think you're gonna have a much I think. I think, like, when I used it, it was probably the old release, so, like, 44, whatever it was, 12, that, that old one is the last mm-hmm. time I played with it. And so, I that was, like, two years ago, and I can only imagine how much farther along it is now. And it was pretty neat then. Like, it for the bedrooms, basically, you just kind of find a, an empty space on your map, and then you click go, and then it just kind of draws it out. So, I think that would save a lot of time for you if, you're, yeah, if you yeah. even wanted to experiment like that. So, you know, major high five to whoever. Uh- I don't that. typically try to use a lot of creativity whenever I'm making my, my apartment complex. Yeah, I don't do that either because usually my fort's dead within two years. So, oh, no. no, it's not like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check into that a little bit more and see, uh, see if I can figure that out. Because if nothing else for making dwarven bedrooms, that would just be wonderful. So I dumped the XML All file right. for this crazy world, and it's 5.6 gigs. That's a big XML file. <laughs> wow. Damn, okay. <laughs> That's what you get for, for spinning up a 
what, 1,200, 1,300-year world? Yeah, That's a lot of data. <laughs> yeah. There was a new episode of Dwarf Fortress Talk released, episode number 27. So they are doing their best to catch up with us Oh, now. dear. That's, that's the reason that they're releasing episodes is because they don't want another podcast to have, uh, to have more episodes than them. So <laughs> we're still outpacing them, though. We do about two a month, and they're doing about one a month. So that is, that is a, a still a lot uh, higher frequency than they did whenever they were uh, in Mark 1 of Dwarf Fortress talk. At that point, it was like an episode every three or four months, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I think there was probably, you know, maybe the the idea that there were other podcasts talking about Dwarf Fortress that kind of gave them a bit of a an encouragement to get back on the old podcasting horse or something. Cool. Could be, could be. Also, maybe uh, Kit Fox said, hey, uh, why don't you do a podcast to sort of drum up a little bit more uh, um, marketing for the game <laughs> that's about to be released? You never know. It's possible, too. Um, you never know. Well... But it's a really good episode, as as they always are. Um, they do some uh, some Q and A, and they talk about investigations in adventure mode. They talk yeah, about a lot of stuff. Investigations in adventure mode. Didn't realize that was a thing. Uh, well, it's it's not right now. See, that's part of the problem. <laughs> They're see. wanting to implement uh, investigations in adventure mode. Oh, oh, okay, interesting. So that so that you can interrogate somebody, and and have them uh, actually give you uh, information about plots and things like that. So. Oh, okay. So now you can become a detective and jingle around and <laughs> no, interrogate don't get me wrong. people? Don't get me wrong. He has not yet implemented that. He talked yeah. about implementing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the future, you can become Sometime, a detective. Yeah. yeah, Just like Detective Pikachu. Nice. Oh, yes. what? That, that, that. It's going to be great. It's a whole new layer of gamification to this thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we think we're going to love it. My, my rat man detective. The elf walked into my office. <laughs> she was nothing but trouble. <laughs> uh, what was that, Roland? I said, uh, now you can become a rat man detective. A rat man detective. Yeah, totally. I'm, I love it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm Ratman Private Eye. Ratman Private Eye. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, again, adventure still sounds like a hoot, um, but I have yet to really crack the code of adventure. Wild card. A friend of mine once said, Watching Dwarf Fortress is like looking at Tolkien Matrix code as an operator. I also got my, uh, my what is turned out to be now be a limited edition Toady 1 and 3 toe picture. I was among the the last to uh, to be in on the Dwarf Fortress Patreon reward of getting the crayon picture. So it will be the uh, featured image for this episode. It is a dwarf pulling a draft off of a off of a keg of beer. Right. <laughs> as, yes, it is quite nice as it should be. 
I have ordered the frame for it, uh, and it will be framed. Beautiful. And hung in my office. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, it makes me wish I would have done one now. I just never, never got to it. I mean, I Patreoned, but I did never ask for the drawing. Um, okay, cool. So should we look at workshops? Would you, speaking of framing, should we talk about the framing workshop? Is there a framing workshop? Wait, there isn't. No, but if there were, we could talk about it now, since there's not. However, yeah. there is a jeweler's workshop. A jeweler's there workshop. Is. So, so I kind of thought, Roland, that maybe uh, maybe we could talk about a workshop yeah. or two each episode and just kind of see if we can uh, cover some game mechanics. And I'm going to go ahead and pull that up here on Dwarf Fortress Wiki. And... I'm sure that anyone who is listening to this podcast knows about Dwarf Fortress Wiki, but in the odd chance that you don't, go to DwarfFortressWiki.org, because if you aren't using it, then you are probably having trouble playing the game. And if you do use it, it will give you lots of hints, and watch out for spoilers, because there are plenty spoilers on that uh, webpage. Plenty. So, the Jeweler's Workshop is pretty simple, right? It can do... It is what, two things. It can cut gems, and it can encrust things yeah. with gems. It's fairly simple, fairly straightforward. I get confused by it though, because how do I, how do I, how do I build a workflow for that thing? So if I go and I create the build a jeweler's workshop, um, you know, they 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 sort that out, and then somebody will come along, and then I've got options like cut gems or encrust with gems, and then. It shows me a list of all of my gems. So, like, if I'm looking at it, I've got, like, Onyx and Shoral and Lapis Lazuli and all these things. Grab an Onyx, and then that's that. But do I have to tell them again and again and again to do it? Or is there a way that I can automate it so they just, uh-huh. anytime there are gems, they just rock it? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you about Great. the wonders of DF Hack, my friend. Because I don't know when I stumbled over this, but... There's actually a way to do it in a so simple way with a DF hack. I'm not sure what the button combination is. I think it is Alt-A or something. But you press that and then it shows you a new GUI where it basically asks you, okay, so what you want to do? Do you want to uh, cut this type of gem or this type? And you can press on all inorganic. So it will cut all the things that are cuttable into gems, a.k.a. all gems. Do have a, a quick question about that. You have the option of cutting stone. You can cut you can cut things that are not actually gems. And I always have to be careful that I'm not just making, you know, Mm-hmm. horrible cabochons because it i don't will want not them... do that it will not do that it, okay, it, good, it will good. just uh do uh rough the gems. rough gems yeah okay. oh and it will only stop if there are no more rough gems to cut simple as that and then it 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 clo- closes the the action that you 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 put there and you can do the very same thing for encrusting. So it says encrusting with inorganic item. It will actually show you that uh, the task 
itself says and crossed with unknown item or something but you can ignore that because the game still knows what you're trying to do it just uh, it doesn't show you that it knows so then that way you can not only cut all the rough gems you have but also encrust all the cut gems that you own but do uh, keep in mind that if you have a uh, mood and they need rough gems, there is a possibility that you don't have any rough gems anymore. So keep that in mind, because uh, I kind of forget that. That is the only thing bad that has happened in my fortress, is that I was talking about earlier, is I did have someone go into a mood, they went into a, uh, they claimed a craft store workshop, and they were drawing pictures of forests, of, uh, of, of stones, and of gems, uh, but they had all of those things available to them, but whatever for whatever reason, they would not go get the uh, the gems, and they had cuts and raw, so he ended up dying. I, I don't know mm. what exactly it was he was looking for, but he obviously couldn't find it in our fort. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you there. So, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so, this is a really nice way to improve your workflow. Let me tell you how I use uh, the Jeweler's Workshop, and it's very similar to that that uh, DF hack uh, hack that you just described. I will take and make two Jeweler's Workshops. One of them, I think that I've, I've said before, I like to put all my crafts, I like to stockpile them right around the, the trade depot so that I can get them in there really quick. So I will put a Jeweler with a, with a, a Jewel stockpile, with a, yeah, a gem stockpile right beside it right in the middle of my stockpile that has all of the crafts and that particular stockpile that's up by the crafts and by the trade depot i will i will restrict to only be using cut gems there so that stockpile will only be cut gems down further down in the fortress where the digging's going on i'll put another jeweler shop and i will restrict the stockpile around that to rough gems and so I will occasionally just whatever that stockpile fills up on either either up by the trade depot or down by the by the quarry area. I will set it up and whatever is in that stockpile, I will tell it to repeat on the on the downstairs part. It'll be cut onyx repeat cut uh, cut uh, zircon repeat cut diamond repeat and upstairs whenever that stockpile gets filled. I will open it up and do encrust finished goods with uh, with uh, with uh, with whatever gems are there. Like there will be like four or five different repeats, and whenever they run out of gems in the stockpile, then uh, then they stop doing it. But that is similar to the DF Hackway, except a little bit more manual. That's how I do it. I always I always restrict the upstairs part to cut gems and the downstairs part to rough gems. Mm-hmm. Okay. It seems well, to work really well. It also means that I, that I still haven't uh, haven't gotten into using the manager yet, which I know I should be doing at this point in my Dwarf Fortress career. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> well, um, the manager is good, yeah, but I don't think that you can improve your workflow that easily with it. Because you still have to uh, put in every type of gem possible to make ah. sure that they cut that. Um, yeah, that's the challenge. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. Hmm. 
So that then, yeah, it may, the manager may not improve the workflow that I did, but the DF hack one surely would if you use that. Uh, yeah, that. yeah, definitely, definitely. So, it is yeah, great. I'll try that out. Love it. Yeah, I've got to try that one out. I I just found it, and you're right. It is Alt A after you've told them to do something, then it pops up a new interesting thing, which looks like something cool to explore. Love it. Let's see now. Is there anything else that I said that I, that we wanted to cover? I don't think so. I think well, that may be a can I ask one more place for us to wrap up while we're at it. Let's do it. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. For military, there's there's one thing that I found, which I, I don't know if this will be any use, of any use to anyone, but I found um, when you're trying to get your archers to train, one thing I found that kept them from doing it is I've created my archer squad, and then if I go to that squad in the military menu and I hit F for ammunition, I usually have to assign them bolts, which I didn't know that I was supposed to do. And by doing so and assigning them a lot of bolts, that seems to then give them a slightly higher percent chance to train. Like as in, I occasionally see them doing it, um, but that's that's basically my thing. I don't know if there's a way to ever get them to always be training, but I haven't figured that out yet. But I have um, I have found that you must give them bolts, which which I think was probably a, a step in cracking my archer code <laughs> that I'm that I'm still arguably behind on. Yeah. So maybe that will help. Obviously, if anybody has any other tips on how to manage squads of archers, that would be awesome. I'd love to hear it. Cool. How to Archer 101. Maybe that's a whole thing in itself. <laughs> how to Archer, yes. You know, we're going to be on episode 164, and we're still going to be trying to figure out what still archers. Still talking about archers. Yeah. yeah. Still talking <laughs> about freaking archers. I know, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated. Like, I am seriously, like, it feels so awesome. The concept. <laughs> and, we have, and, and we do have some listeners who have figured it out, so it's figurable. They have. And, and they're like, like, dudes, what's wrong with you? You just do this. Why do you guys not have this? Just do it. That's all we want to know. That's it. That's yeah, it. And, and someone, I'm, I'm a person of simple means. I can hear all 22 of our listeners groaning now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, groan together. And let's <sighs> figure this out. All right, let's wrap up this episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Turn my radio voice back on here. And we will catch all of you next time. Don't forget to stop by bay12games.com and drop a dime in Toady One and uh, Three Toes Coffer because it is out of the goodness of their heart that they are making this game. And until they get that Steam version out, their source of income is purely donation. So if you can... Stop by bay12games.com and, and I'll do it. Tell them how much you appreciate the game. Yeah, I don't. Good. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, yeah, goodbye. See you all I next time. time. All, right. all right. Later, yeah. guys. Bye, bye. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. 
You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. Music for this episode is from filmmusic.io. Sky Cullen and Folkround are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find more from Kevin McLeod at incompetech.io.